Welcome everybody to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. It's another week with me, Andy Cross, and do you know what? I'm having so much fun bringing you these podcasts, and we're just—it's just great. The feedback's been fantastic. The guests have been awesome, and this week is no exception. I get to cross all the way over to Nashville for this week's guest. Now, Larry is known as Mr. Nashville and even has his own television show called Mr. Nashville Talks. He's a music promoter, a music producer, and also a music manager that nearly cost him his life. But before we get to that story, I asked Larry where it all began and could he recollect his first memory of going to nine to five as a three-year-old baby with his aunt and his grandma? This is what he had to say. It was fun because it was the only time that, uh, I mean, like I usually saw my grandmother in a, in, in a, what you would call a dressing gown. We would call it a house coat. And, uh, and she was, that's usually what she wore all the time. And unless she was going out of the house, especially with her sister, Aunt Mildred, and then they both had lipstick on. They both, it was like going out with, we were really going to do something big time. They were dressed up, you know, and, and, uh, dressed up for them and everything. And, uh, it was a big, big thing to even go to the movies, period. And I think that was the only other movie I remember seeing before 9 to 5 was Bambi. So it had to be my, my like, second movie. That I, I mean, I could have even saw Bambi after 9 to 5. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it was fun. And to go with two two ladies that uh, my uncle Chestel, my Aunt Mildred's husband, was a diehard Dolly fan. But he liked, the, you know, he was a fan of the... The, fig, the hourglass figure, you know, he thought she was the dream woman. So he got a kick out of it that this little three-year-old, uh, you know, loved loved uh, the lady as well. And so they, it was fun to go anywhere with my aunt Mildred and my grandmother. They were, they were just like characters from Steel Magnolias. They really were. I lived Steel Magnolias with all these great Southern women in my life that I've had. So I, all those things, they are right on spot. People say, are, are these women really like that in the South? Or are people really like that in the South? Yes. They are exactly like that. I guess you all get it about Essex or something, maybe, you know, like we say, are you, are, are, do all Essex people uh, uh, have tans and, and, you know, look like Katie Price? <laughs> but, I, I, and I know that's not exactly true, but, but with Southerners, that, that's definitely true with, with the ladies. They love to, they were, they were very fun. They were fun to hang out with. Well, they sound an absolute blast, Larry, and uh, it would have been great to be on a trip with uh, them. And I can assure you that not everybody in Essex looks like Katie Price. <laughs> Moving on to Dollywood. It's an amusement park jointly owned by Dolly Parton and is located in Knoxville's Smoky Mountain Metroplex in Pigeon Forge in Tennessee. Hosting nearly three million guests in a typical season mid-March to Christmas holidays, Dollywood is the biggest ticketed tourist attraction in Tennessee. I know it holds a special place in your heart. Tell us a little bit about that. I went every year, and back then they did not tell you when she was going to be there. That was kind of the gimmick was show up. You never know. Dolly might be here. You know, it was like that for years, you know. Um, and I think probably the 90s is when they actually, or late 80s is when they started telling people well, she's going to be here X, Y, and Z. Event, you know, grand openings ended up becoming 
known because you know that was a big event but um yeah so every i would get all these tips by people from the park uh her brother even told us one time when she was going to be there and all so we made all these extra trips to go there and she was never there when we went you know and so in 91 um my and i mean i i worked hard i went out and mowed grasses i babysit i i did all these things so i could get all this money so i could buy dolly souvenirs because back then it, it they had nothing. I mean, it was it was Dolly Paradise back then. And uh, as far as souvenirs and things, I mean, every year a brand new rollout and, and you know, and, and it's so anyhow, I saved it all, all my money because my mother was like, look, I'm getting you in. I'm not buying you everything in sight. So so we I did that. And um, and then later when I started going to I, I, I met her in 91. She was there with Bob Hope. And, um, well, I, I sort of met her, I shook her hand, so I don't really count that. And we um, were in a theater, actually. They let us come in a little earlier because the rules were lax back then. And, um, and you know, you wanted to take a load off, they let you take a load off. So we went into the theater waiting on the concert. We were about an hour early and here she comes walking out from backstage and down things. So we're the only people in there. So I was, I got all the way down, I'm a little boy, you know, 11 or 12 at this point. And she was going to stop for me. And then my mom's slow poking around, you know, and everything. And then bye-bye, she was gone. So, oh, mom, her mom didn't get a lot of, I love you moms on the way back home after that. <laughs> this is your show. So over the years, Dollywood has hosted many stars that Dolly's brought to the park from the world of Hollywood and the music scene. I asked Larry if he had any recollections of those early days on the park. You know, it was really neat, too, because she brought people that we would never, I would never have gotten to see live, like Bob Hope, Phyllis Stiller. I mean, all these great people to the park because it was kind of like a red, red carpet affair all weekend. You know, like with all these Hollywood people that were her friends, and she won. She was so proud of the park, and so you know, she wanted to show it all off, and and um, so we got to see a lot of interesting star. I mean, people met some of them, you know, because they were out easy to get to. They were running around in our hotels that we were in, or they Fantastic. were walking, you know, like around and stuff. So it was easier, you know. To I, I remember one concert, Delta Burke sat in front of me. I don't. Do you know Delta Burke? Yeah, over yeah. There? yeah designer yes. and Gerald McRaney wow. and uh, they both sat right in front of me during the show and uh, to see see Dolly and everything one time so that was fun I, a lot of the it, the memories are just so like they were yesterday you know I still feel like that little kid you know when I think about them follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram this show is sponsored by Sarah Jane's Dolly Parton Experience, the world's largest Dolly Parton tribute stage show. The only Dolly Parton tribute to work on two world tours at the O2 Arena on Dolly's tour. And thanked by Dolly Parton in front of over three and a half million people on British TV. As I interviewed Larry, behind him were many pictures of him and Dolly Parton and he was telling me about other collection pieces that he has. But in the pictures of some of the photos behind him was another lady. I asked who that lady was and this really come really interesting talking to Larry. He was a music manager for the one and only gospel legend, Dottie Rambo. Oh, and Dottie, Dottie Rambo was, she came to, I became a real big fan of hers when I was probably uh, 11 or 12. I'd already knew Dolly and so I was a big fan there but I didn't really listen to gospel music and things a lot and 
and she was real big in country music and in gospel uh, music. And um, I saw her on television. And again, she was telling these stories with these songs. And it just, it was like, it pulled my gut out. It was su such a strong thing. So I, I and it's, she's really, uh, like Wynonna said, and I loved it because I've always thought this in my head. Wynonna said, she's the gospel Dolly Parton. I mean, she walks into a room. It doesn't matter who else is in the room. They went to her. And that's, that's the truth. And that's the way Dolly is. And they have that same, they really could have been great sisters or something because they, they wrote very similar. They liked a lot of the same things. And so maybe that's why I connected with, with enjoying our music. Uh, but then uh, I did some work with, I have my own pr promotions company where I would do concerts. And so we bring in country singers, we bring in gospel singers and things like that. And so that's how I met Dottie, actually. Well, I, I had met her as a fan, you know, at an event. Yeah. Uh, but to, to work with her uh, when I, and was later on. And uh, I booked her for a concert and everything. And she had been uh, kind of retired in, in a little bit, except for television. And so after that, I started working with her, uh, her media. And she didn't, you know, all that type of thing. And then eventually she asked me to, to move to Nashville to manage her full time. And so I, so I did that. I took a chance and did all that. I closed the business down and I closed wow. the, I had a daytime job too. I closed, you know, closed that out and gave up my retirement, all that kind of stuff that, uh, that we had with that and uh, moved to Nashville and I haven't regretted it. it. It was the greatest thing in my life to get to work with her and to know her. And, and, and she was the greatest, just, just like Dolly, what you see is what you get. And I was a fan. So that was how, you know, she would say, how do you know how to do some of these things? And I think that's what a fan would want you to do. That's this product would be better than that product because they want your picture on it. They don't want your cute drawing on it or, or you know, artistic graphic on it or, you know, things like that, you know, and, uh, and other things, you know, that I think you kind of got to have a dialogue with the fans a little bit. Somebody in your camp has to, and if they don't, like a lot of people have a, a pushback, like, you know, keep them yeah. away from the organization. But I think when, I mean, you know, your nutcases and you know, you're good people. So, you know, and you read and you learn and everything. So that's how uh, with Dottie that, um, you know, that I kicked off and we, we just, you know, clicked. We were, we were. She's like my my mom, grandmother to my children, to my two sons, and uh, and yeah, we miss her a lot. Through his work and management of Dottie, he got to work with Dolly. He reunited the pair of them at Dollywood when Larry arranged for Dottie to meet Dolly. They hadn't seen each other in a long time, and by the way, there's so many. Like I was talking about the similarities and things, like Dolly's number one hit you know, of all time was Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Dottie's number one of all time was uh, I Go to the Rock from The Preacher's Wife by Whitney Houston. So, I mean, they had a lot of, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things like that. Dolly's 3,000 songs, Dolly, or Dottie's 2,500. Both had a grandfather for that was a preacher. And so, you know, like I said, they overlapped in a lot of things. And um, and they knew they had a lot of similar friends and, and such. But I took Dottie to see uh, Dolly her concert or Christmas thing. And I had um, meet and greet things and stuff. So they reconnected, they saw each other and, you know, were like two old girlfriends, you know? Wow. And uh, so right after that, uh, we, or that night, you know, they, they talked about doing a duet together, you know, and, and maybe writing some things together. They never did get to do the writing part, but um, 
but yeah, we did Distemper the River, a song on, on Dottie's album. And um, I mean, it went number one on the Christian country charts. It went number one on charts I've never even heard of. And we were getting plaques in the mail where it had won these different awards. And then the, it got the coveted Dove Award nomination. It didn't win, <clears throat> but it should have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And then um, they also filmed a little video. We filmed a video of them singing together. And it was um, in a uh, concert tribute to Dottie uh, that Barbara Mandrell hosted. And we inserted the video in there. So yeah, we got to do that. And so we, after that, we were, the door was open and they, they had a lot of correspondence about doing things. And even now she's been so good to me. Dottie Rambo was an American gospel singer and songwriter. She was a Grammy award winning solo artist and a multi-dove winning artist also. Along with her husband Buck and daughter Reba, she formed the award winning Southern gospel group, The Rambos. Sadly on May the 11th, 2008, whilst on her tour bus heading to Texas for a Mother's Day concert, the tour bus crashed, killing her instantly. The crash took place in Mount Vernon, Missouri, and there was only six survivors. That included Larry and his two sons. Kindly for Dolly Fan TV, Larry recollects that day, which included a Dolly Parton anecdote. We were on the bus, you know, as you do when you're traveling to, to your gigs and all of that. And Dolly was asleep in the back and... Me and my boys were up front and uh, the best little whorehouse in Texas came on. Uh, it came on uh, a, a basic channel. So it was all edited. You know, there was nothing curse words or anything in it. And so my uh, son wanted to watch it. That was the one movie we hadn't let him see, you know, because of the nudity and everything. And um, so I said, this is, he let him watch it. It's fine. It's all edited. He won't know, you know, he was so little. And, um, so right in the midst of all that is when we had the crash. And so it, it, not, it, well, it killed Dottie instantly. That was awful. And then it broke up like the rest of our bodies and things. My sons, they got concussions. They didn't get any broken bones, thank God. But my youngest son, who was three, was the only one that didn't get knocked out. Oh, and, our, and the Yorkie survived too. I forgot, Natasha, she survived. Dottie's little Yorkie. And, um, but so at the hospital, the policemen were the only one that wasn't knocked out, well, you know, was, was, uh, my youngest son, Pierce. And so they asked him kind of, and he looks, he looked about five. He didn't look three, but he was, you know, so they're interviewing him about what happened. Cause he's the only one that had known. He goes, well, to start off, we were watching a movie about a bunch of old horse. <laughs> they, and so everybody, the nurses and everybody just died laughing. And he goes, and the next thing you know, it was like a roller coaster ride at Dollywood. We were going down, flip-flopping, lights going off, things flying in the air. And so, I mean, he explained it a lot, a lot cuter than what it really was. It was terrible. And, um, but you had to find the humor in some of it. During the wreck, the last thing I remember was I grabbed up both of them and put my body on top of theirs because a, a whole bunch of furniture landed on me. It didn't on them. So I assumed that they, you know, jumped out of that lock I had them in. And, and I was praying. I just was praying out loud and I was covering them up, you know, with my body and they slid out of out and they were three and five. And then we were there. And then my three-year-old was protecting the, the Yorkie. And so, um, so it, it was tough. And, and then when you wake up, you don't know, what's happened we tipped over we drove 96 feet off a cliff thing 
And then it goes up. We drove all the way up because that thing was like a rocket when it shot off, uh, you know, going downhill and, and, yeah. the, and the, the, the gas being put all the way to the level. And then we went all the way up the other side and went in reverse 96 feet. So we would have went into oncoming traffic on the other side had we tipped over that, but we didn't. So we dropped 96 feet twice. Larry, I just can't imagine how that must have felt because you had your family and extended family in the shape of Dottie Rambo on board. And thank you for sharing it with us because I know it was horrific for you to experience and I'm so glad that you and your family did survive. I know there's a Dolly Parton relating story that you would like to tell us from what happened after the crash. But one of the Dolly related things was is after I came out of all the, the, you know, they put you in a medical like coma after surgery and everything. Uh, I got a note from her and that was the first, first um, seeing from, you know, of anything that Dottie had died. They said they had told me, I, I just, I don't remember that, but I remember that when I got the, the card from Dottie, you know, or Dolly giving me her sympathies about Dottie dying and, oh, it wow. tore me up. But the, the moment I remember was them tell the candy me the, card from Dolly and reading it and find out that, that she had died so that was an unusual way to find out you know but she was great to, to me she checked on us and and uh she checked on my boys and she checked through mutual friends to see how we were doing and and she did a lot for us actually too and and just a lot of great encouragement and great things that she did for us during all of that I mean you would think like you know this is uh, you know, Dottie's manager, she's gone now and goodbye. I don't have anything to do with him anymore. That's how most people are, you know, in show business, sadly. Um, I didn't really have that, though. I have to say most everybody was there. I, I mean, I heard from people I didn't even know, you know, but they were in the business. And But Dolly, though, she was the greatest with all of that. And, and uh, we actually planted a rose at Dollywood. Um, wow. Yeah, for Dottie, with, with Dolly. And so there's a plaque there and a rose bush, you know, for Dottie. It's on YouTube if you want to watch. It was really, that was, I didn't get to go to the funeral because I was in the hospital. So to me, that was the closest thing, although it was a joyous thing. Um, but that was the closest thing that I had to like a funeral was that. And, um, and she dedicated songs to us and the, um, the benefit shows that they had and it was so sweet and uh but she was great to, to us and she gave me a like a, a vase uh that hand-blown glass that they do there and it's painted and um it was really beautiful and i have it in the cabinet and i never told her this but dotty's favorite thing like you know dolly's is butterfly butterflies well dotty's was peacocks and so it had peacock feathers all painted on it. And wow, you know, when they, I mean, I, I, I'm sure she, they didn't go through that, their homework to find all of that out. But I guess it was just a God thing or somebody was really sweet and did do all of that. And but yeah. I cherish that. I cherish that uh, that vase that she gave me, too. Yeah. And I can imagine, Larry, that it's a very special piece that you uh, hold dear to your collection. In 2021, in the very months coming up, you are producing an album that's a tribute in honour of Dottie's songwriting. Uh, the, I know that the album will feature many artists from different genres. Uh, of course, have you asked Dolly to be on that album? She, we have a tribute album coming out um, to Dottie and Dolly sings on that. And oh, so uh, wow. she, picked, she picked her favourite song of Dottie's. All the singers in, on the album um, 
most of them are aren't gospel singers. We have a few that are, but most of them are, are like country singers, rock and roll singers, and different things that that like Dottie, and they chose their favorite Dottie song. And um, Dolly was the first one to respond fast, and she said, uh, "Yes, I'll do. I want to do Come Spring, which is a story song, and it's her favorite song." And what's funny wow. was it was also her aunt her aunt's favorite song and her sister's favorite song of Dottie's. And I don't know that they all know that about each other, but it is a story song. It sounds like something Do- Dolly would have written. Yeah. They write, they write so much alike. And so we, we did that. And I remember the day that we did it. Um, she came in and I, I'm usually very stoic when I do these type of things and I keep my cool when I'm working with her and everything. I don't sit here and think, Oh, you know, I don't act like that or anything like that. But this day she came in and I just kept uh, telling her how pretty she was. Cause it was, she just looked, she looked 24 years old. I mean, she was just shining this day and she always has that, but I'm saying this day in particular, she looked amazing. And I kept telling her that and I said, Oh, I need to, to hush. I sound too much like a fan. I'm fanning out right now. And she says, you better not. She said, because she said, uh, you, you've been a fan of mine since you was a little kid. And now you doing something in this business. You think you can drop me, you know? And so she said, you keep being a fan of mine. I don't, look bad about that so i thought that was sweet because there's a lot of people you know that that they don't like to admit they're fans of anyone i just think that's the way that dolly is and you know you've experienced it firsthand there now she's not the only member of the family that you had a great relationship with let's now talk about dolly's late aunt dorothy joe because i know you spent a lot of time together tell us about that yeah yeah uh, well um dorothy joe and i clicked right off she was as big of a, a dotty ramble fan as like you and I we, we are with Dolly. I mean, she was, you know, and she came from the church and she's a minister and all of that. And Stella too, by the way, Stella is a big, was a huge Dottie fan. And, uh, but Dorothy Jo, um, she was like a kid when, you know, Dottie, you know, she, that she was going to get to meet Dottie. She met her one time years and years ago. And so I said, oh, sure. You know, you can come. And so she said, well, I want you all to, to come to our house or to my house. And so we did. And uh, she she wanted to have like a little prayer meeting type thing, you know, and she had um, her uh, her brother, Bill Owens. He, ca- he came, uh, Willa Dean, Dolly's sister, Willa Dean, and um, some other people that I don't know if they were in the family or just friends or whatever. And so we all got to visit and um, we clicked, Dorothy Joe and I did after 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 that in a strong way. And she was there for me through so much with with Dottie. I mean, when that happened. Oh man, she was a rock to me. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we lost her. And I was devastated because it all came back to me about the, the wreck, you know, with now I've lost another important person, you know, in my life. Because I mean, every time she came to Nashville, she came about once a month and a half, every month and a half, two months would be the longest she'd probably not be here. But her, her daughter lives here, Dorothy Joe. And so, Every time she came to Nashville, I'd get a call. She says, okay, I'm here. And uh, what day are we going to meet up? <laughs> so it was always on her list that she was going to have lunch or dinner with me. And we did. And um, she said she wanted to write a book. And so, you know, uh, I introduced her to some people that were writing books and doing things. And and she, uh, she wrote the book with them and it came out. And then she wrote that sweet, uh, message to me in her in her book and that means so much to me I, I save save it and treasure it it's kind of hard to find now um 
It's called uh, Dolly's Hero, Mighty Mountain Voices. They really should sell it at Dollywood because it's it's so um, it's not just it's not about Dolly. You know, there's a couple chapters where there are, but it's it's about like the grandfather's time frame. You know, the Reverend Jake Owens and basically all these people that were on that mountain, like settling that mountain and things that you know it weren't happening and 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 all the the feuds and and stuff like that that was going on wow. even within the church world and stuff and um and she had some great stories dorothy joe did and she was a great songwriter and she uh i was so proud you know dolly did that heart strings and they made jj sneed a movie and that was Dorothy Joe's wish that one day that movie, that that song would be made into a movie. I don't know if Dolly knew that, I guess, but I was so happy that because they wrote that together. You know, even though she wasn't here to see it, I, I think she saw it from up there. I actually think that her book could be turned into two or three different movies. It was so good. But oh, she does she does have some chapters about Dolly and things. and uh, But that was her her big thing. I don't want to write a book about, you know, Dolly, you know, I don't want it to be something that's going to write on her coattails. Well, in the end, they made her put a picture of Dolly on the cover and she didn't want to call it Dolly's hero, Mighty Mountain Voices. She just wanted to call it Mighty Mountain Voices, but they knew that they had, you know, so they got together and they made some con concessions on that, but she was so happy when that book came out. I mean, and she would have loved you. She would have been on this show. She would have been <laughs> happy to do it. And Stella, I know Stella really well, too. Uh, I mean, not, I knew Dorothy Joe extremely well. I mean, we were really close friends. But our friendship really didn't, I never asked her about Dolly or anything like that. Because I didn't ever want her to feel like that was why I was her friend. Yeah. I mean, that's how I knew who she was. But that's not how, you know, she would bring her up, you know, and, and, and things. And then we would, you know, talk a little bit. Um, but Stella, I'm always the same way. I'm careful. And, and she's like, you act like you can't even say my sister's name around me. You know, you're, you're, of course you can, you know, and, but I don't want, I feel like uh, they, they, they're all proud of her and, and all those things, but I don't want them to think that that's why I'm there. You know, yeah. I don't want them to think that because that's not true. But Stella was really great to me too. I heard from her after the the bus crash, and she left me some sweet messages. And um, we actually went out to lunch two years ago, right before the, all this happened. I haven't been anywhere in a while. And um, oh gosh, the first time I met her, I was a teenager. Um, wow, I'd met Dolly before I'd met her, but <clears throat> but um, I, yeah, I met her when I was 16, 17 years old. And she always remembered me. And I mean, this is long space. And when I was with Dottie, her fan mail went to the same place that Stella's fan mail went to. So it, there for a while, almost every time I would go there, but at least, at least once a month, she'd be there, which by the way, she would come with no makeup on, just gorgeous, beautiful lady without makeup on. And she'd come up and give me a hug from behind. And, and I was like, what is going on? Who is this person? And it would be Stella. And so she oh. was always, she's always been wonderful to me. And, and uh, I think the world over. Yeah, I've mentioned in previous 
podcast that when we have met Stella, she's been a wonderful lady and a great performer as well. Speaking of great performers, you've been working in the studio with Lulu Roman, uh, who was from the TV show Hee Haw, that run for 26 seasons and 655 episodes. That's quite an incredible achievement. Now, the album you've been working on is not just gospel or country. It's quite a different album. Yeah, with Lulu, um, I was producing a record on Lulu. She wanted to do all standards, like, you know, Etta James is at last, um, you know, Summertime, all these great, you know, yeah. songs. So I got her in the studio and we worked on these songs and uh, I Will Always Love You. I said, this has got to be on the album, you know, we got to do this. And so um, when I heard it, I, I said, I, you know, I said to Lulu, hey, I need this. We need to ask Dolly to just sing on this. And she was floored. She, she'll never do it. She'll never do it. I said, oh. She will, because she'll love this, you know, that you've done her song. And if she doesn't, then she just doesn't. There's other circumstances or whatever. And so right away, Dolly said yes. And the song was I Will Always Love You, as I said. And so we get, <laughs> when we get into the studio, what Dolly does when she records is she tells you what she's thinking about the song and then gets your input. And so we're standing at the, you know, the, the engineer board. And she starts looking right into my eyes and singing, I will always love you. I'm doing everything I can to stand up straight. <laughs> Not just like, because <laughs> oh, I did want to, you know, I mean, you never get a moment like that. No, and she does never. it just like she would if she was on stage. You know, she gives you a, the performance of, wow. So she sang it and and um, it, it, it was so sweet. My little boy Pierce was there. He was five by then. And he started crying. And she took him and she grabbed him and she and hugged him. And of course, his face, you know where his face went, right? When she hugged him, his, <laughs> it, it went right into her trademark. <laughs> and she said, you know, he, he understands the song because music is the language of the soul. And she sat right there and then she, you know, stroked him a little bit and, and whatever. And, and I just thought, how sweet, you know, that. And then, it, you know, I was a little aggravated that he started crying because I thought, oh, man, you know, she's going to think I'm unprofessional or whatever. She just ran right to him. You know, she's first she said, I thought maybe I stepped on him with my shoes. We're available at the App Store and on Google Play. Anyone in our industry has found it extremely difficult in 2020. And to be honest, it doesn't look like it's getting better anytime soon in 2021. So I asked Larry what he is doing and has he got anything in the pipeline? The tribute to Dottie that um, I was mentioning earlier, um, that is what I've been kind of working on now, getting it released. Because right, we were every time we would get it going, one of the artists either would die, which was not good. And so we had to be respectful of that. I didn't want anybody to think we were rushing an album out to make a buck off them. And then finding the right label that understood what we were doing, you know, yeah. because it's, it's, it's various genres all in sing, you know, singing one songwriters uh, as a tribute, but they're doing it in their own style. And so that's coming out. It was supposed to come out uh, around Christmas, but with COVID and trying, you couldn't get interviews with people to, you know, that we're on the album and things. So we're just, it's got to be done right. So um, it's going to be, at, you know, maybe before spring. And Pam Tillis, well, actually, that's funny, Come Spring, Dolly's song, and the album, of, the album is called Touch Through Me, uh, the songs of Dottie Rambo, and it'll be out come spring. <laughs> but uh, uh, Pam Tillis sang the harmonies on it, on, oh, wow. on Dolly's. Yeah, so it sounds really good. It was, I, I went through like, 
tons of Dolly recordings and I didn't want to bring in like people that all are used a lot with, with her to do the harmonies. Yeah. And, um, but she did speaking of the devil with the, with Dolly on, on the something special album and their, their voices blended really well. So I asked her if she would do it. And of course she said yes right away. And so she came in and did the, uh, the harmony background vocals on that. And I'll bet that sounded absolutely awesome. I ask this question to every single guest because I, this is what it's, the podcast is all about. What do you think it is that makes Dolly so special uh, that attracts so many people of different languages, colors and creeds uh, from around the world? I think that Dolly, one, I think that she, the kindness, people see that and they, they, they understand what she's been through. If they've had hard times, they understood that she came through hard times and became our American dream. She's, she's what we've always been told you could do if you wanted to. Um, but I think the reason she has such a broad base is because she treats everyone the same. She can be seen with Dottie Rambo on Monday and then with Boy George on Thursday and, you know, with uh, Kid Rock or somebody on Friday, you know, and, and uh, you know, and make that all work. And she's so beloved because she doesn't get into politics. She doesn't get into controversial things. She doesn't, she changes the world herself. You know, she uses her, her what she has to change the world. She doesn't hook her star onto somebody else's platform or campaign or or whatever. And and as we've seen, even like with these elections, what you all have had over there with Brexit, what we've had over here, and and I'm not talking politics at all, but we can both agree that they're divisive. Uh, both, you know, there's people that love it or hate it, Absolutely. and and I think that. I think had she lived a, a life any differently than that, I don't think she would have the broad base. It's not that the talent's not there. It's not that the person is not there, but she just doesn't want to hurt anybody. So she doesn't get involved in controversial things. And I think people see that they love her. They love her philanthropy. They love her talent, most of all. And that's, you know, they love the talent. And then when they see, how real she is. I think that's the hook, line, and sinker with Dolly. Not just a star, but a part of the family in a way. I really do think that that's how a lot of people see her. Even if yeah. they don't, you know, collect everything she has, they, they, you know, like to watch her when she's on television or something. She just disarms her at people, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you like many others, have just, just covered so much of what she is all about. And and obviously she's a wonderful lady and, and we wouldn't be doing this podcast if she wasn't. So speaking of that great lady, uh, it's her birthday month. I'm going to invite you and Dolly with a table of four uh, to have dinner. Who do you invite and also to make up the two and what do you eat? Well, I would have, uh, you know, of course, me and Dolly are two, right? And yeah. I, I picked the other two. Uh, I'd have Dame Shirley Bassey, one of your favorite, your people over there who I, she's, right under Dolly to me. And then I'd have Dottie back just because um, anytime I could get back with her. And I'd serve fried chicken. Because <laughs> oh, I, I love fried chicken and, and potatoes. It. Some type of potatoes. Oh, well, no, I'd, I'd have other things, you know, like potatoes and things that, you know, different types of bread. It would all be fattening. It would all oh, be lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, as I'm the host, can I can I come and just make sure you that it goes well? 
yes, we we need you to come. We need you to set it all up. And if we if I could bring in an extra, if I was the, the bring in uh, the uh, third person, uh, little Richard, because he was a good friend of mine that we lost um, this um, past year, and oh, wow. so I, I would I would bring him. Yeah. So, but definitely Shirley Bassey and definitely Dottie, and uh, of course then you and Dolly. I'd have it made. Well, to be honest, around that table, there's been great harmonies and uh, I'm sure we could do some a cappella karaoke. <laughs> but speaking of songs and singers, uh, Larry, what are your favourite Dolly Parton songs and why? I love the story song. Well, my favourite Dolly song will be I Will Always Love You because it's always the best thing to see her do in concert and it feels intimate and everything. And especially as I told you, she sang it to me and with Lulu. But um, uh, I love Down From Dover. I think, and my favorite version is actually the the one done in London, the with with the the this uh, orchestra. I love that. I thought that was my favorite. Uh, I love the story songs like Down from Dover. I love um, uh, the, the a lot of songs people have you know that aren't as as big like um, Living a Lie that was in Straight Talk. I love that, and I you know I just love the songs that kind of have a, a deeper meaning to them or tell a story. Uh, I love this one song I love that she's never recorded is The Stranger. You know, Kenny did record yeah, it, yeah. but she's, she's never recorded it. I almost got George Jones to record it on an album and he died and we we didn't get to do it. Matter of fact, Dolly wrote six new songs for that album and we were going to do them. They were great songs, but he got sick and we couldn't do that album. But um, but The Stranger, I always thought was just brilliant. And I think that should be a movie or, and I loved her, her song, uh, Where Beauty Lives in Memory. That's on uh, New Harvest First Gathering. Yeah. I love all the hits, but I, you know, the one, these little hidden gems that that didn't, and I, I still, I, I, I still love to hear me and Landy, even though she doesn't do it on, on the shows. You know, I, I miss her doing it in the concerts, you know. Yeah. I, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I, I love the story songs. Those are the ones that speak to me the most. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So, Larry, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today's show and uh, this new series of the Dolly Fan TV, the podcast. Uh, thank you for all your wonderful stories. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. And hopefully, if you've got time, you'd come back again. Oh, anytime. I'll come anytime you want me. And thank you so much for, for having me. And I'm a big fan of yours and Sarah's. And and so um, I'll be watching you all intently from here in the States. Thank you, Larry. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. If you want to catch up with Larry, he's on Facebook as Larry Ferguson and Larry W. Ferguson as a profile. And if you want to connect with his page, which is Mr. Nashville, which refers to his television show, Mr. Nashville Talks, then connect with him on Facebook. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. We're available at the App Store and on Google Play. Dolly Fan TV with Andy Crust. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for all things Dolly.